It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Wanda Walker has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Wanda. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, February 13th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Um, uh, I guess sort of thawing Salt Lake City. I'm Scott Johnson. And uh, in the drizzly L.A. County area, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. So uh, we we were doing our show right as Activision Blizzard was doing their earnings yesterday. And, of course, in the wake of these rather disappointing earnings uh, from the likes of EA and Take-Two, uh, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, it was good that we waited uh, to kind of find out all the facts. We're going to talk about what they actually announced, what they did with their layoffs. Uh, and Scott, who is, of course, also the host of The Instance, a, uh, a Blizzard-oriented podcast, is going to give us the scoop on what this means for the community. But let's start with a few tech things we should know. The NPD Group reports that dollar sales of smartwatches were up, up 51%, in fact, in 2018, and unit sales rose 61%. The top three brands, Apple, Samsung, and Fitbit, made up 88% of those unit sales. Fossil and Garmin, however, continued to expand as well. 16% of U.S. adults now own a smartwatch, which is up from 12% in 2017. That means if you're in a room of 100 people, 16 of them will be wearing a smartwatch. Whoa. I'll, I'll, I'm going to count. I'm going to hold you to that next time I'm in a room. <laughs> uh, someone wiped out most the uh, excuse, excuse me, almost two decades worth of data and backups uh, at an email provider, VF email, in a matter of hours. Oh my gosh, that's scary. The attacker had passwords and used multiple means to access multiple servers, including mail hosts, VM uh, hosts, SQL server clusters, and refat- reformatted most drives. VF email is sending email again. But subfolders and filters for most users were not uh, in place any longer. VF email was founded all the way back in 2001. I haven't heard that uh, the name VF email in ages. It's old. Uh, and it was it was founded after the I think the I love you virus uh, in response to that to, to to provide a better email solution to to scan for malware. So yeah, this is 
This is sad. Uh, DJI will roll out its geospatial environment online or geo 2.0 system in 19 European countries starting later this month. The system creates safety zones and kind of a bow tie shape around airports, uh, prevents drones from interfering with air traffic and flight paths. 13 European markets had geosystem 1.0 already, and those 13 will also get the 2.0 update, bringing the total to 32 markets. The California DMV released its annual report of how many times various autonomous car companies experienced disengagements, meaning when a human driver had to take over. Waymo drove 1.2 million miles and won an average of 11,017 miles between disengagements, 50% improvement over 2017, Mm. moving in the right direction. GM's Cruise drove 447,621 miles with disengagements every 5,205 miles. Mm. Apple raised its number of test miles from 838, so not many at all, in 2017, to 79,745 with important disengagements every 2,000 miles in the second half of the year. Ford, Tesla, Lyft, and Bosch performed no test miles in California last year. Yeah. They're registered to do so, and they test elsewhere. They just didn't do it there. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Amazon and Google just, just wanting all the data, Scott. They just want all your data. All right. Yeah, well, it also involves a company I like. That is Logitech. Let's talk about it. Bloomberg reports that Logitech and other device makers have objected to constant requests for data from Amazon and Google Smart Assistants. In other words, send data every time a light is turned on or off, what channels the TV has changed to, and whether the door is locked or unlocked. All the stuff your device does. Amazon and Google want the data to improve response time to voice commands. Logitech has responded by purposely uh, providing generic information. Amazon says it does not sell the user data for advertising. Yeah, Logitech particularly said with their smart remotes uh, that Amazon wanted them to send channel changes. And Logitech just said, well, we'll just tell you when the TV's on, right? Whether they use the smart assistant to turn it on or not. Now, there, there's another company in this Bloomberg article that does smart fans. Uh, and they said, a uh, Hunter fan company, they said that the their fans used to kind of turn themselves off sometimes uh, before this was done. And so they think it's worth it. They think it has improved things. Uh, like you said, Amazon particularly said, we're not going to use this data for advertising, but there's nothing in their privacy policies to stop them from doing that. And Companies these days don't have a great track record of not using this kind of information uh, for things if you don't specifically get them to promise not to. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I guess were- the question is, do we, do we believe that these companies are saying, we just want our products to be better, so let us do this so that our products are better? Yeah. Sure, you, you could believe that, uh, but I know a lot of people don't. Yeah. Also, I don't know, like in the in the in the case of a remote control from Logitech, who kind of has that smart remote market sort of sewn up for themselves. What could you really glean from this other than data people may not want to share? Like what channels are you switching yeah. to? What How programs often? are you watching? Right. You could, you could you figure that out by time of day and channel and prime video could use that data quite well, couldn't it? To figure out what yeah. shows are popular. I think it's it's legitimate for them to say, look, even if they're not using our smart assistant to turn on the light, it's useful to know how many times they turn on the light. Uh, and so we can anticipate and train uh, our systems better. That That is a legitimate reason for the data. What, what what I what I would like to see them do is spell that out and and confirm and commit that 
if they are going to get this data from these third-party devices, they're going to let the users know they're doing it. That's the big thing is users don't know they're doing this. And they're going to promise to, you know, uh, verifiably not use it for anything else but that specific purpose of improving the voice assistant's response to controlling those particular devices. All right, guys. Are you ready? BuzzFeed reports its sources say Apple will hold an event on its campus March 25th to introduce that subscription news service we've been hearing so much about. Supposedly, for $9.99 per month, Apple will offer unlimited access to paywalled sites such as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. It also might include magazines. Some details are a little scarce at this point. The Wall Street Journal uh, itself reports that Apple wants to keep 50% of the revenue that it would gain from something like this and divide the rest among participating news publications based on how often users read those articles. Apple would also not share subscriber data with the publications, reportedly. Sources also tell CNBC that Apple is aiming to launch that TV service in April or May with stars, CBS, including Showtime and Viacom, expected to offer subscriptions through Apple's TV app. So we have a couple of things here. There's probably, this is not official, but BuzzFeed seems to think there's going to be an Apple announcement March 25th. And Apple mm-hmm. usually does a March announcement, so that, that wouldn't be shocking. We might hear about not only the news service, but also the TV service. We might hear two service announcements here. Uh, what the sources aren't saying is you'll hear hardware announcements. Uh, we, we may not get the iPad mini or new AirPods or anything like that. It may be fully a service announcement. Yeah, I think this is going to be interesting because we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, pre-show, maybe even on TMS. I can't remember where we. Yeah, it was on TMS this this morning. (laughs) Was it okay? The idea that there's too much going on today, but the idea that uh, the they may end up with a music situation here a little bit, where the people creating the content, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, so on, may want more information to be sent back to them that Apple's unwilling to give them because that makes this deal more palatable for them. Otherwise. Uh, once again, here's a model where Apple gets a cut and you don't really have a choice and it's not the best deal. We saw this come up, you know, with the original iTunes store and certainly see that with streaming music now. So I'm just curious if this happens, how that all pans out. Like what will what will these these publishing companies, these um, journalistic entities require back from Apple more than just, hey, thanks for the extra subscriptions? Well, and I also wonder, you know, as as folks who are we're kind of news junkies, right? Because this is what we do for a living. Something like ten dollars a month for unlimited access to various publications that are paywalled otherwise, or at least have limits. That is pretty attractive to me. I don't know how attractive that is to the regular person, and and that ten dollar uh, number is sort of the sweet spot for music subscription services. I subscribe to Apple Music for ten dollars. Do I now subscribe to Apple subscription for $20? Because that's starting to get a little bit weird. That's, that's too much money per month for me. Well, the, uh, the New York Times alone, its digital subscription is $3.75 a week, although you can get it for $2 a week for one year right now. Uh, so it's a little bit cheaper to just get the New York Times than, get, than to spend $10 a month. So I can right. see if they get these bigger names like the Post and the Wall Street Journal on board, where a lot of people may say, you know what, this is worth it because I'm getting multiple sources and I can choose what I want to read, especially if this would allow you into their paywall on the web. In other words, it's not yeah. just in the iOS app. The devil's in the details there. Yeah. Plus this, I mean, in a way, 
it's uh, well, we know it's been a good time for the New York Times recently. They announced a bunch of numbers that were super cool and made everybody think, oh, wow, they're they're adding people all the time. So this is just more people. It's not like they're suffering at the moment in terms of draw. And you can still go get your paper from them directly and do all the digital services from them directly. But what's the harm in another potential 70% revenue split on top of that from a bunch of people who want to stay on one device or in one ecosystem? Like, it's no real harm done to them. Uh, so, yeah. Apple historically has held the line. Remember, they only had one of the labels on board for iTunes uh, at the beginning, and, and it took a while to get everybody in the tent. They only had ABC on board for TV shows, and it took a lot of time to get people in the tent. There was resistance for nine, changing 99 cents per track for iTunes back in the day. Uh, they, there's been resistance on subscriptions where they wanted to take 30% all the time, and they reduced that to 15%. Uh, so... I, I think what they want to do is keep things simple so it's easy for customers and it protects customer data. Uh, what they're probably trying to get is an, an agreement that says, look, if the if the subscribers log into your site uh, using our thing, then you can get the data from them with their consent. But we are not going to hand over our customers' data to you. Hmm. Well, Before we move uh, on, just what just one more note on hmm. this March announcement, potential March announcement of the 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 news subscription service. Followed by perhaps an April or May um, production company subscription service, which we've been hearing about for quite some time. My initial reaction was, "There's no way they they wouldn't dilute something that's that, that's a great package like this." But we have heard so many rumors about the fact that they're having uh, uh, Apple rather is having issues with TV providers to figure out deals and. It could be that the company doesn't have a choice but to push some of this back a little bit. Well, and they used to not do more than one fall announcement, and lately they've taken to doing two fall announcements. You know, True. one for the phone, one for the tablet. So uh, they they might change their ways. Is is, is all I'm saying. Also, uh, Mojam asked, "Does an Apple own Texture?" Yes, that's what this service is. It's it's Apple Apple's purchase of Texture, which is a subscription news service, uh, turned into an Apple service. Sure, it's like Siri before it. Buy it, then make it your own. Uh, let's talk about sleeping. We're not going to put you to sleep. We're going to talk about sleep. <laughs> eight Sleep is the company, not eight like I ate it, but eight like the number. Eight Sleep announced its newest adaptive phone smart mattress called the Pod. Previously, mattress covers and mattresses from Eight Sleep allowed you to adjust bed temperature with options to set different temperatures for different sides of the bed. Uh, very temperature focused, however. But anyway, the Pod adds a smart temperature option that adjusts the temperature throughout the night in response to not just temperature, but also your body behavior, how much you're moving, that sort of thing. An AR algorithm uses sensors to determine the best temperature to keep you asleep. It also does sleep tracking and vital signs. The uh, pod is available for pre-order starting at $1,995 for a full and $2,195 for a queen. It starts shipping in April. Well, okay. Not a discounted mattress, but nope. a smart mattress is something that Scott and I were talking earlier a little bit about this. Like, this would be great for me. I cannot tell you how many times I wake up in the middle of the night where I went to bed, maybe with socks on because it was kind of chilly. And all of a sudden, I'm 103 degrees. I want to die. It's too hot. If something in the mattress itself without me screwing up my covers uh, for a while could, could, could help regulate my body temperature or keep it stable, it might be worth the money. Yeah, a good night's I've sleep got, is is priceless. I, it really is. I have a similar problem, although it's not so much temperature related. But I have to admit, a few times it has been. It's usually my wife's really cool comforter she got as a gift that she refuses not to have on the bed, and that thing 
just bakes me in the middle of the night. If there was a bed that was smart enough to sort of adjust things for me, uh, this seems interesting to me. Also, I have a terrible time sleeping at night and all the little phone apps and watch apps in the world don't seem to really tell me anything, to be honest. Like they just kind of show me, all right, well, you moved around a bunch between 2 and 4 a.m. Right, yeah. really tell me why or what I should do to You're change that. You're not sleeping yeah. well. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I, I'm all for, <laughs> I am all for smarter uh, smarter beds. Like I actually, I'm, I, I think this sounds great. I would be more happy if it was a less expensive, like $300 duvet cover type thing, you know, like some well, kind and of And they cover. do sell a mattress cover. It just doesn't have the, the AI stuff. Cause you need the sensors built in for that. Sure. Sure. But the, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're in the market for a mattress anyway, and you're going all out, you're already looking at about this price anyway. So maybe it's worth checking out. I don't know how good their beds are as just straight up beds. But I'm all for smarter stuff, like yeah. that included. I like the idea that we're we're starting to see some of these things show up in in non phone computer tablet devices that make sense. I'm not saying they work because I haven't tried it. Maybe they don't, but it makes sense to me that you could create an algorithm that would be able to use some machine learning to tell, like, okay, when we see bodies move like this, it usually means they're too hot. So let's adjust the temperature. Uh, I could I could see where that might work, uh, and it's yeah. and it's cool to see this start to to move out into other devices. Yeah, I, I, as somebody who has a Nest thermostat for the first time, never had one before, but it just happened to come with the apartment that I live in now. I'm like, ooh, you know, depending on the time of day, like I can get real, real granular with what temperature it is and when. And and yeah. am I eating dinner? Am I hotter? Am I, you know, colder? Do I want to, you know, snuggle up and watch TV, all that stuff? But taking it to the bed would be another level entirely because I don't know when I'm going to overheat, but it does happen sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about a wrist thing? How oh. about that? Sony's Wina wristwatch watch band is now available outside of Japan, available for pre-order in the UK now. The band is designed to be worn with any watch face. So it's not a new watch face. You could, you could pair it with a watch face that you already own. A tiny display in the buckle shows alerts and does basic activity tracking as well as NFC for payments. Now, I'm not going to say I have a Rolex or a TOG because I don't. But I guess if you did, if, if you're the person who does have that, uh, you might not want a, a smartwatch be, because you want to keep your, your fancy watch that you paid a lot of money for. This is a, a, a cool in, intermediate thing that up till now was only available in Japan. So I'm curious, actually, if anybody out there has been waiting for this kind of thing to show up. If you're in the UK and, and you've got a fancy watch that, that you want to add this band to, please, please email us, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Yeah, quick note. I've got a friend who I immediately sent this link to today as you were prepping show notes because he is this guy. He is very frugal about his entire life except for his love of watches. And he buys them all. He's got multiple Tag Howards, a couple of Rolexes that he got deals on. But he loves a fancy watch and he's not down with this smartwatch business. But he's a little jealous that we get functionality out of them that he can't. So he's going to be stoked. He hasn't answered yet, but he'll be stoked about this. I guarantee yeah. there's a market. It's just a question of how much it's going to run him. Yeah, check back and let us let us know what he thinks. I'm curious. Yeah, I'll it. tell you what he says. I, yeah. I'm curious as well. Johnson and Johnson, uh, not, hey. not not Scott and Kim, uh, but but the company, <laughs> the 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 big, you know, the company that sells band aids and stuff, and and no more tear shampoo. Johnson and Johnson is buying Auris Health, A U R I S, which makes the Monarch uh, 
not a villain from the Venture Brothers, but a robotic scope used in respiratory and lung cancer procedures. Aris was founded by surgical robotic scientist Frederick Mall, who is also co-founder of Intuitive Surgical, a leader in robot-assisted minimally invasive surgery. Now, Mall will join Johnson & Johnson after the acquisition, and it's not just the beginning of robotics for Johnson & Johnson. Last year, they acquired OrthoTaxi, a developer of software-enabled robotic technology for surgery. Uh, and Johnson & Johnson formed a robotics-focused company called Verb Surgical with Alphabet's Verily. Uh, Verily is Alphabet's health arm that spun out of the X research. Uh, Johnson & Johnson formed that, that joint company with Verily back in 2015. So you are seeing the Band-Aid maker move into the robotics industry through a a system that makes sense, which is doing it in the, in the medicine industry. Yeah, I noticed. So, um, this is going to date me, but my daughter, my oldest daughter's had a baby and, uh, uh, everything went great. And we were in the room and I noticed a Johnson and Johnson thing. I don't know what it was doing, but some kind of device that was uh -huh. testing something and we're doing readouts and all of this. And I thought, Oh, interesting brand to have on this stuff. Now that we see this and we see how they've been expanding and have been for a long time. Uh, it's obvious to me that they are way more than making lotion and band-aids these days. There you go, folks. That's Johnson on Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> there you go. This, <laughs> this particular Johnson is all for it. <laughs> hey folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, I know sometimes it's hard to keep up with 30 minutes a day. Uh, so if you just want to catch up, uh, or if you just want to know a briefing at the beginning of the day, check out daily tech headlines at dailytechheadlines.com. All right, those Activision Blizzard earnings are causing a lot of consternation, uh, a lot of heartbreak uh, with, with, with people that the community loves uh, being laid off, uh, and a lot of anger and some misunderstanding. So we thought we'd take to the opportunity here to first set out what's actually happening. You're going to see a lot of headlines that say a lot of things, uh, and it's easy to misunderstand what's actually going on. And it's always better to make your criticisms from a base of, of better information. So here's that information. Q4 earnings for Activision Blizzard showed earnings per share of $1.29. That beat expectations by one cent. Uh, that is great. That is the when you see like record earnings for Activision Blizzard, that's what they're talking about. $1.29 per share for Q4. However, revenue for Q4 was $2.84 billion, which missed expectations of $3.04 billion. This is not a great quarter for Activision Blizzard. It's an okay quarter. Where the Wall Street people get nervous is the guidance for the coming year. So Activision Blizzard also put out guidance that said, okay, here's what we think we're going to do in 2019. And there were expectations for that from analysts that were not met. Uh, Activision Blizzard said they thought they were going to end up getting 20 cents per share in Q1. Analysts had hoped they would tell them 46 cents. Uh, they said they expected $1.18 billion of revenue in Q1. The analysts had hoped to hear them say they expected $1.45 billion. And the guidance for the entire year wasn't any better. Uh, Activision Blizzard said, we're going to have earnings per share by the end of the year of $2.10. The analysts had expected $2.54. Revenue was $6.3 billion for the year, they hope. And analysts had expected them to tell them it was going to be $7.25 billion. And again, this is all like, this is our forecast. And they're forecasting less than everybody thought they would. Net bookings are expected to drop in 2019 to $6.3 billion, down from $7.26 billion during 2018 and $7.16 billion during 2017. So a big reversal, big drop in bookings for sales. Now, why is this? Blizzard says, Activision Blizzard says, in-game execution was inadequate on some franchises. 
Uh, they had weaker than anticipated retail demand. In-game monetization is not expected to improve quickly. So they didn't make a lot of money in the games and they don't expect that to change. Fewer new major content releases than they should are going to happen in 2019. So they're not going to have a big franchise come along and save the day. And of course, uh, as we've talked about, they lost the rights to publish Destiny. Those went back to Bungie. So in response to this, they are laying off 800 people. That's a lot of people. It's 8% of Activision Blizzard. Cotty Johnson, Activision's chief operating officer, said our restructuring plan, that's the layoffs, sheds investment and less productive non-strategic areas to our business and will result in a net headcount reduction of approximately 8%, while also driving a significant increase in investment focused on capabilities around our biggest franchises. So what Activision Blizzard is saying is we're laying off people from areas of the company we don't think are performing well, but we are going to hire more people in the areas that are performing well. And those areas are to increase the number of developers working on games by 20% this year while focusing on live services, esports, and the successful franchises they have. That includes Candy Crush, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Warcraft, Diablo, and Hearthstone. All right. Those are the facts on the ground, Scott. Now let's talk about the feelings. Well, you mix in the emotions and things get a little dicey. Uh, So, so, in, in brief, people who listen to this and have heard me at any other time, not on this show, but on the instance or something else, know that Blizzard has, not not with Activision necessarily, but Blizzard on their own, has a very special kind of fan and player loyalty. And they've had it since really the very beginning. They are known to be this company that works on something and polishes it until it's done, and they won't release it until it's absolutely ready. And they'll even take a major hit and cancel something if they don't think it's right. And so we've all looked to them and said, ah, the... The, the great knight here to save us from uh, the otherwise terrible way video game industry behaves. It's Blizzard with their, with their cool, you know, mottos and gameplay first and every voice matters and all the stuff they have written in their, in their, uh, in their credo. And we have now entered a phase in Blizzard's history where a, they're tied to Activision in a, in a very major way and have been since 2008 when that merger was completed. Um, they've always had somebody, uh, at the at the at the money side it's never it's they've never been truly independent people forget that but they kind of haven't been um but they've always kind of called more more of the shots they're also printing money compared to what it, what uh you see for the rest of activision's divisions and so they just always seem like the ship that would never crash they would always have something to to do even if they canceled a major project project like titan uh something would rise out of the ashes like overwatch and save it and it did those were great successes and I think we're always just proving the 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 way they did business. It just kind of proved out that that was the right way to do business. And then along comes a major industry dis- disruptor like uh, uh, Fortnite, completely devastating not just Blizzard and Activision, not devastating them. That's a that's a hard word, but making things a little rough for them and everybody else in this business. They're all suffering a little bit. The only bright point in this entire month is a little game called Apex Legends, which launched out of nowhere from Respawn Entertainment under the EA banner. And now suddenly EA is everybody's darling child because they've got a very successful sudden hit on their hands and probably a huge moneymaker. But Fortnite has just taken a dent out of everybody. And Activision Blizzard, probably the most. Uh, Call of Duty has been waning for years. I would argue they've been slow to do much about that. And on Blizzard's side, they have successful franchises all in the middle of doing things to one degree or another, but they have nothing new planned for 2019. In fact, today they confirmed that. We have no new products set to release in the year of 2019. 
that means everything else is either in development or they're going to have to figure out how to squeeze it out of their existing oranges. And people are very upset for one major reason. And that is, well, the people in my circles, we deal with the community side of Blizzard more than anything else. These uh, layoffs with, there may be an exception I don't know of, but these layoffs did not hit developer jobs. This hit community PR esports uh, periphery stuff that isn't directly involved with building the game uh, like you would have with programmers and key artists and all that stuff, animators. Those guys weren't, weren't touched in this. As a result, the people we interface with as a community are the ones getting hacked, and they're the ones that we love and interface with because we know them and we know their names and they know ours and they reach out to us and we reach out to them. So I think that the emotion of this is way, way, way higher than it would be anywhere else given Blizzard's traditional outreach with the community. Yeah. Because and, that's now been severed in a way, we're all freaking out. About and that it. that really explains it, right? Because I think, you know, if, if you take the emotion out of it, it's reasonable for a company to say, yes, we're making money now, but we won't be if we don't change anything. Uh, we're about to lose a bunch of money because of Fortnite. So we need to change now before we start losing money. It's it, A lot of people like in our chat room even right now, like they have fantasy profits. They have unreasonable profit expectations. It may be that. It may not. It may be that their expectation is if we don't change something, we'll lose money. Uh, and you don't wait. If you're a good business person, you don't wait to lose money to change your behavior. You try to change the behavior in advance so you don't lose money. Uh, and that seems to be what they're doing. Unfortunately, the bet they're making is what we need to do is double down on development so that we can make something that can compete with Fortnite. And to do that, we need to pour a lot of money into developers and we can't afford to spend as much money on community management. And when you pull money out of community management, you're pulling it from right in front of the noses of your entire audience who are like, hey, you put this person up as the face of you and now you just fired them. I'm mad. You made me like yeah. this person and then you fired them. And so it's no yeah. surprise that people are very upset about that. And it's also very personal when this happens because they're your friends, they're your family, they're people you know. But outside of that, even there's a whole other show to be talked to, to, to be had. We won't be today. But there's a whole other show to be had about talking about how public companies work and why they kind of suck. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. 
With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. If that's an opinion somebody wants to float, because there's a lot of problems with it. They just hired a CFO for $15 million signing bonuses. And a lot of people look at that and go, oh, well, you got that okay, but all these people mm-hmm. are really doing the grunt work for yeah. you. No, it's- You're cutting them right off. So there's a whole other conversation we could have about that structure sucks, but if there- we're talking just what's the aftermath of this alone within that structure, it's a little more nuanced than that. And that's I where I want to go with this is you have other options. You can right. uh, you can take a you can take a an executive pay cut. Uh, we've seen companies do that before. You can, like Nintendo did, commit to finding new jobs for everybody that you want to lay off and figure it out and use that internal experience. Uh, and we've seen Blizzard do that before, actually, yeah. within Activision. So yeah. I think there is some deserved criticism of did you have to lay off eight hundred people here? But I yeah. don't think the criticism is. Your money grubbing. The criticism is you're you're not doing what's best for your workers, or necessarily the long term strategy of your business. I think and those are fair criticisms. That's the only other thing I would add. I know we're short on time. I just want to say this: the the big hang up I have with their decision to do what they did, both from Activision side and from Blizzard's leadership, is they have burned a whole lot of goodwill. Whether or not it's it's business sense or it isn't business sense. That's going to sting for a while. Um, it's going to make people wary. It's going to make people, it's going to break the illusion. And they had a genuine illusion and they had it because they earned it. They earned that illusion, but you got so big. Now that illusion is cracking and people are, Blizzard's not what I used to think it was. It used to be my dream life to work there. Now I don't think I'm even going to try. Like people, I know people at the university are all studying a games program. They're all super wary of this all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Before this, they could do no wrong. Now we're like, that's freaking harsh. And you also pay those people very little to begin with. And they did a lot of heavy lifting. And like, there's a lot of real criticisms going around that I agree with. I think that's another big part of it too, is these people, you know, you're not saving that much money. You're always saving a lot of more money on headcount than, than people think, but you know, uh, it takes a lot of these people to amount to $15 million. Yeah. I'll have, by the way, on Friday's instance, I'll go nuts with all this. So if people really want to hear us go to town, we have all kinds to talk about. So we, we will. One community that is thriving and only growing is our DTNS subreddit. You can submit stories, vote on others, and make a friend or two at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. If you'd like to hang out there, we've got a group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. We actually, we got a we got another email uh, from Brad with some more feedback on our Apple VA story on Monday's show. Brad says, it may amaze some people to know that the VA is very often at the forefront of new things when it comes to healthcare. They were the first to allow anyone under their care to download their full medical record with a single button. The introduction of Apple to the mix is great news for the younger vets that are finding it to be difficult to deal with the VA in some respects. The VA has issues but this is a great step in the right direction. Also, 
Brad says, I travel a lot and some hotels have YouTube on their TVs. I've started to search and then play DTNS on the TV since it's a different user count than mine. So just a little something extra to get those views up. Thank you, Brad. I love that he's done that. That's so That's cute. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brad, Brad, you are doing God's work. <laughs> doing the Lord's work, Brad. Uh, um, also before, uh, the instance and Scott's rant, which I'm very excited about on Friday, Scott, let uh, folks know where they can keep up with all of your other work. Uh, well, I've got, uh, that Bruin. If you want to check that out, it's over at the instance.net. We'll likely do something live on Friday morning and then it'll be up on the feed for everybody. But a lot of interest in talking about this stuff. So definitely check that out for everything else. You can go to frogpants.com. All my shows are there. All the art stuff I do is there. It's all there. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson as usual. Our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, and uh, we need about eight people right now. If you are one of eight people who are not supporting the show right now, please start supporting the show at patreon.com slash DTNS. You'll get an ad-free version of the RSS feed, special episodes from me. This this Friday, my editor's desk episode for patrons at the $5 and up level is going to be about analyst expectations uh, and whether they're crazy or whether they're useful. Uh, there's also special episodes coming where we we look back on the tech news of the past. Uh, we talk, we're going to be talking about five years ago lineups from DTNS. All that and more at patreon.com slash DTNS. Could be a Valentine's gift for your loved one. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. If you want to join us live, we'd love to have you. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.